brothers and sisters, St. Manuel is the Bishop of the Abandoned Tabernacle, and that title is for a reason, because he often spoke of the Abandoned Tabernacle in terms of his own spirituality because of that moment in his life that marked it where he experienced a tabernacle completely abandoned by, by the parish. Um, but also just he worked in his spirituality this concept um, and, and, and developed it, you could say, through his own reflection. Today we will look at that in a little bit more detail. And he talked about abandonment in terms of an external abandonment and an interior abandon abandonment. So let's look at the external factor first. And when he speaks about the tabernacle of Jesus being abandoned, he's, he's speaking about it in, in a very specific way. So let's see what he says from his own writings. He says that the evangelists are the first ones who taught him the word abandonment. I decided to use this word not to speak of the hatred, envy, or persecution of the enemies of Jesus, but rather in reference to the disloyalty, coldness, ingratitude, inconstancy, insensitivity, indelicacy, and cowardice that Jesus experiences from his friends. So he is speaking to those who know that Jesus is present in the tabernacle, not, not those who may not have been catechized properly or, or who, who are not really aware of what's going on, but those who really know, but yet don't make time to go to see the Lord. He goes on. This leaving him at the moment when they should all have been with him. So he's speaking about this, where he's reflecting on this from the point of the very close friends of Jesus and the apostles themselves who abandoned him in this, in the passion. You know, Peter literally denied him and, and ran for it. And the only people who stay there is St. John, Mary Magdalene, Mary, and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and some of the other women that followed Christ. Where were the rest? They, they left. And yet, Jesus had been in intimate friendship with them, but where were they? And this mystery continues on in the church um, in, a, in a very real way. Um, that the friends of Jesus, people who know him, people who've received many miracles or signs or, or moments of love from him, um, are not there um, when he needs them, when he needs us. And I think all of us um, have to raise up our hands and at some point it's true for all of us. This leaving him at that moment when they should all have been with him, this failure to assist him with their presence and their unconditional loyalty when he needed it most, is what the evangelists call abandonment and flight. And he quotes Mark's gospel, chapter 14. And they all forsook him and fled. And they all forsook him and fled. You know, we have to listen to this word from the Lord, from the gospel. Is this true of me in my life? The Lord's human heart is within, present fully in the Eucharist. And then when we go to him, his heart is delighted. There's this mystery of how the Lord is in heaven and, and yet when fully present in the Eucharist, um, it's a great mystery. Um, his human heart, his humanity, um, somehow, uh, you know, many saints intuit this or experience this, um, that the Lord's own sadness at, at the lack of people um, who come to adore him and know that he is truly present. There are two ways in which the tabernacle is abandoned, and as we mentioned, one exterior, one interior. So the exterior. 
And he speaks about the habitual and voluntary absence of Catholics who know Jesus but do not visit him. I'm not speaking of unbelievers or of the irreligious or of uncatechized Catholics from whom Jesus and the Blessed Sacrament will feel persecuted, hated, slandered, or unrecognized rather than abandoned. I'm speaking of Catholics who believe and know that our Lord Jesus Christ, true God and true man, is really present and alive in the Blessed Sacrament. But they do not receive him in Holy Communion, nor visit him, nor have a friendly relationship with him, even though they live close to a church and otherwise have time and energy for recreational activities. So, these are challenging words, but we have to be challenged. We have to be challenged out of our mediocrity and our complacency. And he goes on about the interior embodiment now, the second aspect. It is to go to him, but not to really be with him. It is to receive him with the body, but not with the heart. It is to go to him saying words, bowing our heads, kneeling down, but not performing these acts of piety with our hearts. It is when we do not meditate on what we are receiving. It is when we do not prepare ourselves to receive him with a clean heart and with a great spiritual hunger. It is when we do not taste and give thanks for the food we have received. It is when we do not talk or, or listen to the guest who is visiting us. It is when we are not open to receive and keep the graces he brings us, the warnings he gives us, the example he teaches us, the desires he reveals to us, the love he shares with us. How many times will the Master have to repeat to some communicants, in other words, people who are receiving him in Holy Communion, and visitors to the Blessed Sacrament? This people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. So he's speaking about the interior dispositions we've looked at, that when we go to adoration, are we really making acts of piety with there, or we're just going there out of rote? So let us ask the Lord to give us a fervent and attentive heart.